The third assignment is called 10 high risk factors and your plan for dealing with them. And this is one of the most important assignments in the plan. We've already learned the importance of making safety plans for situations. You see the triggers, you need to manage the triggers. How might I avoid, limit the impact of those triggers? We need to do the same as you move into the longer term, planning for retaining, maintaining, avoiding relapse in terms of your sobriety. So you're going to make what we call a general safety plan. This plan will need updating from time to time. What you're being asked to do is identify 10 or more high risk situations that you might run into in your future. Write them down in short paragraphs. And then you're being asked to identify a specific plan to deal with each and every one of those high risk situations, but how you will deal with them in a healthy way. The plan has got to be detailed. It's got to have SMART. Remember the acronym? Do you know the acronym of SMART? It's got to be specific, whatever you write down. It's got to be measurable. It's got to be achievable. It's got to be realistic. And it's going to have a time frame around it, time bonded. That's the acronym SMART. Really important that you create that plan for dealing with future eventualities. The next one is to create your support structure. I want to take some time to carve this out with you because this is really important. Now, the way I want you to do this is get yourself an A4 sheet of paper, a blank A4 sheet of paper, and I'd like you to picture a dartboard, a circle with another outer circle with another outer circle. So I want you to start with a dot in the middle of the A4 sheet of paper. I'd like you then to create a circle around the dot, so the dot is in the middle, like the bullseye. I guess, let's say give it a radius, I hope you can work in, in, in centimetres. If I talk about a radius of two centimetres, that circle, around the dot, and then add another two centimetres to yet another wider circle outside, and add another centimetre creating yet another circle. And I want you to label each one. So the dot in the middle is you, label that as me. Then the space around the dot, I would like you to call that the inner circle of support. And then the next one is the middle circle and the one outside the outer circle of support. Hope you've got that. 
So you've identified the one in the middle, the bullseye, that's you. And then I want you to think about identifying at least two, but ideally three individuals in your life that you can put in that inner circle. Individuals that you're close to, that know about your journey through this addiction and have been a source of support and would continue to be a source of support. You don't have to explain anything to them because they know about your journey through this addiction. Who can they be? You've already carved out that friendship. Who can they be to go into your inner circle? Because they are the people you are going to want to call upon in your ongoing maintaining of your sobriety, of your recovery that you have and are achieving. Let's talk about who they should be. Think about who they should be. I then want you to think about who can be in your middle circle. The middle circle are acquaintances, people you spend time with in any of the systems that we talked about. Remember systems? All the different places that you interact with, the family, um, the workplace, the social gym, golf club, wherever it may be. They don't need to know about the addiction behaviours. But they are people that you see reasonably regularly. And what you're doing with the people identifying those that can be in that middle circle, you're seeking to spend more time with them, which is challenging with the busy lives that we lead, but you are needing to, here's the key words, becoming purposeful and intentional in trying to create that time when you, you interact with them because you want something out of that. You want to develop closer friendships with those individuals with the hope that over time, and here is the point, you can't do this quickly. You can't develop close friendships with people quickly. You do it because of time with them. So if it's a social place like, um, well, work environment is often a challenging one to mix work and social, isn't it, and, and friendships. But for some of you, that might work. For some, let's say in a church context, there may be those that you can bring out from the, um, the, the, from into the middle circle. It may be that there is a hobby that you do, a sports thing that you do. Instead of going home after the event, you now, let's say, go off to wine bar, to a pub, to a social place where you spend time with a smaller number of those people in that grouping. So that consistently doing that over a period of time, your discussions deepen to a level where you start to share some of you, not necessarily quickly, the sex addiction stuff, maybe other areas of your life, but as they share with you, you share back. And over time, you develop this closer relationship 
of reciprocation. The reason is you're getting ready over time where friendships of closeness have developed to move them into your inner circle. You're getting ready to replenish your inner circle. Why? Because the two or three key people that you're close to know about the addiction in the inner circle. At any one time, one or two or even more could be taken out. Taken out because, for example, you learn that there are some issues going on in their life. Maybe one of their family members has a serious ill health issue. And so as understanding people, we don't want to burden them with our stuff. So they're actually taken out of your inner circle because they're not available. And we don't ever want that to happen where you have nobody or even just one left in your inner circle. Because even the one may not be available during certain hours when you're surely and sorely tested, triggered.